Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Welcome to another edition of the Hashtag Miranda Show. I am your host, the Twitterless heroine herself, re-announcer to the stars, the most professional podcaster, Miss Fancy Pants herself, and most importantly, the queen of soft style, Miranda Morales, here with you again, another week, another show. And actually, another day, another show. This is now like the third podcast I've recorded today. But that's okay, because you're still getting the best of me, Miranda Morales. This is my show, my home, and I welcome you all to it. So thank you so much for listening. And if you're hopefully watching this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. I'm introducing, well, going to introduce, and I don't know why I even said that. I think the the, the the tiredness is wearing in. Uh, but introducing my co-host, he is the unstoppable one, the kingpin of the chairshot.com, Greg DeMarco. Dave, it's me, Dave. Hello. Hi. Hello. I'm here as well. Yes. So I mentioned that I hope people are watching this because last week we recorded a video version of the hashtag Miranda show that did not make it to air. Sure it ended didn't. up somewhere in the chair shop vault, which is the place that I describe when anything that doesn't make to air doesn't make to air, uh, whether it's a recording or a video. So tell us, Greg, why did last week's episode, as far as the audio version, end up in the vault? The audio version didn't, the video version ended up in the vault. The audio version was there for the world to hear. So last week you were like, here's what I want to do. I want to talk about, you know, the love stories because I'm hosting Ring of Love for Expo Lucha and LuchaCentral.com. And I want to talk about Stone Cold Steve Austin because we recorded the show on 316 day. And I was like, perfect, we can do that. I'll get sound of Stone Cold's theme song and Stone Cold's interviews and two different promos that he had. And I put that stuff all together and I put it all in there and I did that. And, and so, so I get it all set and they get it all up there and then I upload it to, to, you know, YouTube, like I normally would. And, and YouTube immediately goes, Oh, you've got WWE sound. Nice try though. And rejects it. Uh... immediately. And so I was like, okay, well, you know, maybe I can catch you again. So, so I tried it again and they're like, nice try though. 
And, and, and so I'm, I'm actually, believe it or not, cause here's the thing, right? It's a fun show and it has a great post credit scene just like last time did. And, and so I really kind of want to get it uploaded there. So I'm trying one more time and I have a feeling this time YouTube's just going to look at me and be like, you know, your damn role and shut your damn but I'm going to try and see see what I can do and, and just see if I can trick YouTube. I even tried Facebook to see if I could do it on like the chair shots thing. And Facebook immediately was like, nope. So nope. you got music in there. Nope. Wow. You're not doing that. So yeah, it, uh, you know, you try to do stuff that's shut great down by, by YouTube and Facebook and everybody 316 day. Didn't, didn't quite pan out the way we had hoped on, on the YouTube. So this yeah. week we, we don't have that. And, and hopefully that will be a little bit better, but yep, that's what happened. YouTube was like, no, sir, no can do. There are, this is not the first time this has happened. Of course there, there was an episode Correct, where yes. I played your so vain like 17 times and showed it and make air. There is one that made air. It's not a hashtag Miranda show. It, it's because we sometimes upload audio versions of the shows to YouTube as well. And YouTube let it go, but without the audio. So if you watch it, it's just our logo and the little streaming audio thing that, that Red Circle puts out there, but no audio for the whole show. I don't know why anybody would continue to watch this video because there's no audio to it whatsoever. Weird. Sometimes they eliminate parts of a show. Um, of course, they've eliminated entire shows in the past. This one, they were like, nope, no can do. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I did have two different promos. That's Stone Cold Steve Austin cut. And... Yes. I did have the, the, his theme song in there as well. Yes. And it just didn't happen. It just didn't happen. Well, we tried. We tried, everyone. You missed out on me wearing one of my many Stone Cold Steve Austin t-shirts. Uh, so that's kind of a bummer. But you know what? This week you are in luck because Greg and I are representing two brands that we fully support. So we're very, very happy uh, for this video version to be repping uh, two different but awesome, awesome brands, both fairly wrestling related. Greg, I'm going to have you go first. Uh, I myself own the t-shirt that you have. Uh, so I'm, I adore it. I love it. But go ahead and let uh, our listeners know who are you repping this week? So I have on the, this chill positive and passionate shirt for Stephanie Hardy, the Hardy wrestling podcast, which is part of the chair shot radio network. And when she joined, um, you know, because she had her own thing and, and she appeared with Miranda in the past and, and, uh, she knew where Miranda was. And so it just made sense. And, and so she was very excited and wanted to join. And of course I, I was very excited to have her on board. She was like, I want to send you a t-shirt. And so I was like, well, Okay, <laughs> not going to turn that down. Here's not? the funny thing, though, right? Uh, you, you have this shirt, but you have this shirt in black. I do. And here's how I know that. Not because, I mean, you wore it, and but maybe I don't remember, right? Um, apparently, I'm the only person that owns the shirt in white. So Ooh, what she told me, what she was like, what color do you want? I was like, what are my options? She was like, you can have you know, black with white letters or white with black letters. I was like, oh, give me the white with black letters. And she was just like... You're the first person to ever say that. So yeah, wrestling fans, black shirts, you know how it works. Black, white, and red, yeah. the most common colors for any wrestling shirt in the world. But yeah, apparently me going white was uh, was a shocker. And so, yeah, I have the chill, positive, and passionate shirt. Thanks to Stephanie Hardy and the Hardy Wrestling Podcast. Uh, sent that my way. It arrived, I think, 
Saturday or last Thursday, sometime last week is when it arrived. And, and, you know, she's very excited to send that over and I'm very appreciative of it. And of course she's appreciative of being here at the chairshot.com. And so, yeah, that's how I scored this here. Chill, positive, passionate shirt for Stephanie Hardy and the Hardy wrestling podcast. Yeah. You can reach out to Stephanie Hardy. If you'd like your very own chill, positive, passionate, passionate t-shirt. Um, as Greg mentioned, you, I have, you might have to pay for it. Just, you might have to buy it. Yes. Yeah. You do. Just yeah. You have to buy it. not going to be the business of sending everybody shirts. Of the, yeah. 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 He's the kingpin of the chairshot.com. You don't pay. Uh, but I, I paid for mine. A very good investment. I love it. Um, I actually wore it to the gym not too long ago and my coach just looked at it. She's like, that's an awesome shirt. So the fact that like she had no idea it was wrestling related and just like an awesome t-shirt, that's how, you know, you got something good. So big shout out to Stephanie Hardy and the Hardy Wrestling Podcast. If you want to get your own t-shirt, reach out to her. Um, I believe it's $20. Um, so go ahead and uh, reach out to her on social media. Um, me, myself, I'm repping, as Greg mentioned, a black and white t-shirt. Uh, but this is a brand that I love. Um, somewhat wrestling related, but also just Latino pride. This is Reconstruction Wear. Uh, this is a brand uh, based out of Miami. Um, but also in full support of being Puerto Rican, uh, uh, you know, I mean, we talked about it on uh, the Babyface Heel podcast. And if you ever listened to me or seen me on social media, you know, I'm a proud, proud Boricua. So when I saw the shirt in particular, I knew I need to have it. This is my Raza Brava t-shirt from Reconstruction Wear. Uh, you can find them on social media at Reconstruction Wear. Um, they're on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, probably on Twitter if I had a Twitter, um, but I'm pretty sure that they're uh, there. Um, you can also find them at rcwnation.com. Um, and this is just a very cool black and white t-shirt uh, with the Puerto Rican flag on there. Also, we're bringing uh, the reconstruction um, name down below, but this is very comfortable, very awesome shirt. Um, the Colons have been repping this on social media as well. Um, and, uh, you know, just being able to support a awesome Puerto Rican brand and Latino brand as, as well, where they celebrate, uh, you know, Latinos from all different cultures and backgrounds. Uh, they just have some super, super awesome shirts. Uh, the one that I missed out on is that they also have this in like a shiny reflective, like silver and gold. So that's, I will probably buy it again same shirt just with shininess on there because hello it's just what i love but um thank you so much to reconstruction where i bought this shirt but they also sent me another one that i'll wear in a future episode of the hashtag miranda show so check out uh, reconstruction wear on instagram facebook twitter and then you can look at the shirts they have available at rcwnation.com now Wait, before oh, you yes, do what yes. you're about to do, yes, yes, can yes, you yes. just do the people a favor and make sure they understand how to spell reconstruction? Yes. <laughs> Rican, so as in Puerto Rican, R-I-C-K, I'm sorry, R-K, R-I-C-A-N, struction, S-T-R-U-C-I-O-N, where? Let's just, let's just put it out there right now. It's R-I-C-A-N-S-T-R-U-C-T-I-O-N. At least that's how they spell it yeah. on their website. It yes, might be different. Look at also. that and just go on their their socials. They got, you know, this is the this is the one. I want this one. This is the one I'm gonna order next time. 
But uh, yeah, this is their Instagram. Love them. They're just, an, it's an awesome, awesome brand. And yeah, go ahead and, and check them out on the socials right there. Right there. Go ahead there you and go. check them out. And as we Read talked about on ShareShot Radio, that's not an iPhone. It's not an iPhone. Yes. No. Yes. And this is, this is also, let's just, while we're up there, put on the, the website. This, this is the, the website right here. Check, check them out. This is where I went and I bought my t-shirt. Yes. Lots of cool. RCWNation.com, cool like she said. Yes. Yes. Bought this one as well. Hasta la muerte. That was the other one I bought. It's awesome. So make sure go to Reconstruction Wear, RCWNation.com. Don't forget to support the Hardy Wrestling Podcast with Stephanie Hardy. Find it at thechairshot.com. Another way that you can support thechairshot.com before I do it, before I do it, Got to wait, because what I got to do, Greg, what do we got to do? We got to wind it up. It's time! Yes, it is indeed time for you to go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot, where you can get your very own chair shot t-shirt today. There you can find, of course, the queen of soft style shirt that you can get. And of course, soft style. I wouldn't do that to you. So go ahead and check out prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. There you're also going to find a lot of other awesome t-shirts, including the chair shot worldwide, hashtag journalism, uh, shirts in support of other podcasts like Bandwagon Nerds and A Winner Is You. Of course, Everyone Hates Greg and Baron Corbin Sucks because that's just, you know, one of them is like the truth and the other one's like kind of the truth. Which one? I'm going to let you decide. It's, it's all about perspective. Both. Uh, both, depending. I don't feel like everyone hates Greg that much anymore. It's kind of uh, hard to, yeah, you're right. It's hard, you know, he's kind of turned face. He's kind of a, a, a face now, but Baron Corbin still sucks and the t-shirt's there to prove it. So go Damn to right. prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. Shirts start at $19.99, but again, if you want to upgrade and treat yourself, you can order your shirt in soft style, including the queen of soft style t-shirt, and that's at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Hello everyone! Welcome! To the greatest sports entertainment spectacular of all time, welcome to WrestleMania! Hey folks, PC Tony here. Make sure you're checking out Mania Madness every Friday afternoon on thechairshot.com. Christopher Platt and a rotating list of guests go through every WrestleMania one six-pack at a time. Check it out every Friday only on the Chairshot Radio Network. Said PC Tony here, but I don't see him. I don't, I don't see him. He's not here, not in my house. We got Greg, we got Miranda, we got some dogs. Got family yeah. upstairs. Yeah, yeah got no. your family. No. Mm-mm. No PC Tony. Indeed. Somewhere outside Indeed. Milwaukee. Good. Is he in a box? This is in the, the speaking box that I hear so much about called the computer. <laughs> speaking of speaking, anyway. why don't you speak? 
Speak. So one thing I did forget to mention before we jumped into the commercial was IZW. Of course, this is not an edition of the Hashtag Miranda Show without talking about Impact Zone Wrestling based out of Tempe, Arizona. Uh, next show, Regulate, will be May 15th. Uh, out there in the Sun Studios of Arizona in Tempe. Major, major match announcement that happened this week. Greg, you alluded to it. One of the first in the state of Arizona. Um, one that I don't think we've ever had. And one very fitting of these two competitors. Uh, I mean, Regulate is really focusing on a lot of stipulation matches. It's already been announced. The Navajo Warrior versus Gino Rivera in a strap match. We have an old school tag team uh, rules match with um, uh, Evan Daniels and uh, R3 uh, versus... Ooh. Roman Rozell and Derek Pizzatone. Roman the Rozelle Brothers of Derek, Wrestling yes. versus Violence of Action. Yes. Violence and that's an old school action, tag. Yes. So you got tag ropes. You've got... you, you can only You can only tag yes. your opponent above the waist. You can only break up a pinfall or submission once. And Ooh. and you have a strict five count to get out the ring. And, of course, um, pinfall must be made by the legal man on the legal man. So, yep, old school tag team rules. We also have the IZW World Championship. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, we got a frozen. The number one contender, oh, Watson. Uh, in this is and what Watson won that opportunity uh, at, at Monster uh, in a ladder match. So he is rightfully so the number one contender. And we're going to see the IZW World Championship be defended for the very first time. So that's going to be a fantastic match. But this week it was announced. Uh, I mean, it's hard to, to describe if you've never seen it before. Uh, but Graves is going to be taking on the Hawaiian Lion in a blood sport match. That means no ropes, pure grappling MMA style type of match. Um, if anyone's seen Josh Barnett's blood sport that, you know, has made its resurgence lately, that's exactly what we're going to be having at IZW Regulate. So Greg, tell us a little bit more about this match for fans who may not be familiar with this style. Yeah, it's a fight. It's really what it is. These two guys train in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and, and other forms of mixed martial arts as well. Uh, huge fans, obviously, of of that style of wrestling. It's a part of what they do already and, and their wrestling style already. But we're going to remove the ropes, uh, which means that that, that boundary is not there. And, and so it changes their balance. It changes what they need to do. There's no pinfall. The only way you could win that match is by submission or knockout. And, and that's going to be, you know, if you put your opponent down for a 10 count or make them quit the match, that's the only way to do it. And these two have been fighting since we brought IZW back. They main evented Proving Ground. Graves was victorious there. At Monster 2020, Hawaiian Lion won his match and his interview with you was interrupted by Graves on his way to the ring to his victory. Mm -hmm. And then they eliminated each other from Monster that year. They were both in the six-man tag team match that main evented NAV 30. Neither factored into the pinfall. And then, of course, Hawaiian Lion finally got one up on Graves, eliminating him from Monster 2021. Graves has not been pinned or submitted in, in IZW. And Hawaiian Lion's only pinfall loss um, in, in a one-on-one -on -one match has been two graves. So here we are. This is coming to a head and, and adrenaline. Our commissioner wants to end this feud and, and allow both guys to move on in their singles and competitive endeavors. And she's doing it through blood sports. So 
We're going to take the ropes. It's never been done in the state of Arizona. And in the 20-year history of IZW, we've never had anything like this. And here we go. We're going to take the ropes off and, and let them fight. And the only way to see it is see it live. And, of course, you make an announcement like that, more tickets get sold. So get them, get them while you can because this is going to be, yes. you know, I don't know if we're going to do it again. I have no idea. we got to have two intermissions just to make this happen because we got to take the ropes down. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's little things that, that are, you know, a part of it that, that maybe we can't do it again after this. So don't miss it. Don't miss out on the first and maybe only blood sport match in Arizona wrestling history. Yeah, that it's huge. Again, we've not had a match like this ever and likely will not. Um, if it's going to happen, IZW is going to be the place that it goes down. So make sure you get the very few tickets that are remaining for Regulate. Um, Greg, where can our listeners and viewers find IZW on social media? At IZW Wrestling AZ is the social media address that works at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's in our bio, the the links. Of course, we post about all the, the matches as well. And every time we do that, we have the link to, to find. Not on Instagram, because you can't put the link in the post on Instagram, but it's in the bio. Uh, take you right to the ticket website. Uh, tickets have are going really fast, of course. Front row couch has been gone, uh, been gone since four days after the event, and general admission is darn near sold out already. So get your tickets while you can. The venue is small, so it's every seat is up close and personal, and you get to see a blood sport match for the very first time in the state of Arizona. Yes, I'm afraid someone else is going to try to do one between now and May 15th, but you know what? If they do, whatever. It ain't going to be It won't be the same no, because exactly won't. what you said, these two competitors – uh, have this type of style that they train in regularly. Like this is a true blood sport match with just yes. the competitors. And you talked about the history they've had over the past year. This match was built for them. It was really the only way it's seemingly that the commissioner adrenaline thought that these two men could settle the score. Yeah. So even if it does happen, it's not going to be at the same caliber with the same history and the same technical skill that you're going to find in this match. Yeah. So. It's perfect for both, both guys. I can tell you it's very important to both of them. Uh, this is a style they both love and, and one that they're mm-hmm. excited to showcase and they have to do so against their greatest rival. So this is going to yeah. be very tough for each of them. Again, blood sport is very popular amongst these are two guys that that you know probably should be a part of blood sport. One that probably yeah. will be a part of blood sport in the future, and and so I you know see it while you can is basically what what yeah, I'm saying. See like, it while I'm, you can. Before, I'm excited we can yeah, do it. Before. I'm excited we can do it for everybody and put that out there. Um, we're doing our part. Just do your part and, and and come be a part of it all, and it's going to be very exciting to see. Now, I got to do a few plugs before I forget, only because I've already kind of forgotten. Uh, But just plugs for upcoming shows that I'm going to be at. Um, This next one is going to actually be this Saturday. Future Stars of Wrestling in Las Vegas, Nevada has their major iPay-per-view, the biggest one they've had in a year since COVID. Um, The last one they had, which I was very fortunate to announce for, was Mecca. Uh, This year they have Day of Reckoning, which... One of the competitors you mentioned, Joe Graves, is going to be defending the FSW Heavyweight Championship against Alexander Hammerstone, which for those of you who have seen him on MLW um, and around the United States, that's going to be a fantastic match. Um, And all of the titles within FSW are going to be defended on this show, including and including some other matches as well. But it is going to be available on iPay-Per-View. So make sure you check out Future Stars of Wrestling 
if you subscribe to the FSW network, you do get half off on this. So just make sure you check out the FSW network. Um, I will be there doing some ring announcing and interviewing this Saturday at Day of Reckoning. I will be back there next Friday for Future Stars of Women's Wrestling, the first time in 2021 where FSW showcases the best women's talent pretty much out here on the West Coast and even a few throughout the United States. So make sure you check out Future Stars of Women's Wrestling. I believe that will be available on um, Fight or at least the FSW Network, um, which you can get a monthly subscription for nine. Or I think the price did go up a little bit, um, but go to fswnetwork.com for more information. There's also an app that you can check out. Lots of content, including previous matches, uh, I pay-per-views, lots of other fun content shows, uh, and, you know, just lots of, of awesome things, um, features, previous, uh, FSW talent like Karrion Cross, uh, Ty Valkyrie, uh, Lacey Ryan, who we now know as Zoe Stark, Chris Bay. So if you've seen any of them and like the product, uh, check out Future Stars, uh, of wrestling, FSW Network, FSW um, on social media, FSW.com, FSW Vegas. And then on Saturday, April 17th, uh, there is Arizona Wrestling Federation Presents Triumph uh, out here in Arizona. I will be ring announcing for that. Um, and matches are being announced at Arizona Wrestling Federation social media and Arizona Wrestling Federation.com. So the next few weeks are busy uh, for me. And I just want to plug all those in there. So that way, you know where you can find your girl, whether it's online or in the state of Arizona. Now, this actually kind of leads to our topic because we don't know where we're going to see this next person. And that is Andrade Cien Almas, better known as La Sombra. You know, uh, I mean, if you haven't heard, I mean, this has been a pretty interesting story, but on reports surfaced, um, you know, and we've heard this title before, reports surfaced that so-and-so has asked for their release. This person is looking to get out of their contract. Um, and reports surfaced of that, uh, late last week, the week before. And, you know, understandably so, we haven't seen Andrade on TV really since before the fall. The last big program we saw was him and Angel Garza versus Street Profits. Um, and they were kind of unsuccessful in their multiple attempts of becoming tag champions. It was reported that Andrade did have minor surgery and would be out for a while, but even afterwards, we didn't see him on TV. Now, what made this story interesting is that Andrade did come out on social media to confirm the story that he did back up saying that he did ask for his release and you know all he was trying to do was come out with a positive outcome. Not just a week later, WWE granted his release. They put out a statement, Future Endeavored, and he is out of his contract with WWE. Now there's so much with that, we'll get into this for a second, but I wanna get your initial thoughts, Greg, on Andrade just asking for it. The fact that that he made the request, let's start there. It sucks, like I, it sucks that he had to um, because I'm a huge Andrade fan and the split from Zelina Vega was a mistake, obviously. Mm -hmm. and, and just everything that was handled from there, and I, I, he had world championship potential all yeah. over him. Such a great performer, overcoming a language barrier uh, that was really overcome through both his in-ring style and his charisma that it could easily drive the Latino market that they covet so much. 
and, and splitting him from Zelina Vega was tough. I know why they did it. Obviously, we all know why now because she's been gone from the company as well. Um, it's just tough. Now, is there any fault on his side? Maybe because we've talked about it a million times. It's a cycle. And if you can't handle the booking cycle in WWE, it's going to be frustrating and you're going to want to leave. And you've got to manage the ups with the downs. When the ups come, be ready because you never know when your opportunity is going to be. Look at Bob, right? Bob loses the United States Championship, goes on to become WWE Champion. Now he's in a WrestleMania marquee match with Drew McIntyre. Anything can happen in a number of weeks in WWE, but he couldn't take it anymore. He requested his release and now... He's free to go. He's free to go wherever he wants. And and I just hope he ends up on a stage that's A, big enough for the talent that he has because he has a tremendous mm-hmm. amount of talent. And B, is is somewhere that all of us get to see and that he gets to do whatever it is that he wants to do and, and be used in the way that he wants to be used. Even if it's just to be used. Like you said, his last match with WWE was in October at the draft. Mm-hmm. That was the last time he did anything. With WWE, there are always rumors that he would come back and be paired with Charlotte Flair. That hasn't happened and now he's gone. And so the yeah. one of the best duos in WWE over the last few years, Andrade and Zelina Vega are now both gone. And maybe they'll be reunited. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, that's a very, very good question as to what is next for him because it is a pretty wide market, but also you bring up a good point. He is, you know, focused and his styles focus on more lucha libre. And when you think about that in the United States market, that is very closed. There's not very many products or companies that do well with Lucha Libre. Now, the best one so far, and this has actually been kind of a surprise, and this could lead to maybe what is next. And we've talked about this in the Lucha Central Weekly podcast. So if anyone has checked that out, it's now being distributed through the chairshot.com. It drops every Monday. So we're going to talk more about it. We kind of tease it in this past week's episode of Lucha Central Weekly. We are for sure going to talk about it more because my co-hosts, Brendan Barr and Dusty Murphy are just Lucha Libre aficionados. However, you know, something that has gotten me by surprise and we speculated last week is, you know, where could he land, especially in the U.S. market? It's definitely not AEW because they have already a super influx of talent that they don't know what to do with, especially luchadors. Um, and if you, I mean, we utilize the term LOL Cody wins after kind of that whole shit show with uh, Penta when it comes to that ending, stand by it. But one of the markets that's done remarkably well with Lucha Libre is Ring of Honor. Right now, you have this whole program with the foundation and pure wrestling versus La Facción Ingobernable and and Lucha Libre. And, you know, he is family and associated and knows, you know, La La Facción Ingobernable. It would kind of make sense to see him at Ring of Honor as a way to kind of back up and, and be a part of that, especially because they have been doing really good, consistent wrestling. Now, is the population and size of the audience going to be the same? Absolutely not. But is it going to showcase him the best out of what I think is going to be the best fit of all of the current North American companies? To me, that is where I think he has the best fit at this moment. What are your thoughts on that, Greg? I fear AEW as a possibility because it's always a possibility, right? Tony Khan's going to throw the money around. Money talks, you know? Yeah, money talks. And and what we've seen literally is that they love to pick up that ex-WWE talent and say, oh, we can do better. We'll do better than what WWE did with you. 
And and if I were them, I'd pick him up and immediately look. I'd put him over Kenny Omega tomorrow, but that's just personal preference as well. And Omega is mm-hmm. going to win every title possible, and and that's, I mean, yeah, whatever. The whole Rich Swan Moose thing was such a waste. Yeah, we'll, it's just be we'll talk about that when that bomb drops. Yeah, we will be talking about it. Just come back because we're going to lose our shit. It'll in happen. A few weeks. Um, yeah. but anyway, so to me, it's it's Ring of Honor. The problem is Ring of Honor is doing great with Lucha Libre, but is anybody watching it? I don't know. And, and I would love to see him there. Um, LFI could be a great place for him. I honestly, like if I'm him, I want to go to new Japan, still live in the States. Kenta lives in Florida, just like he and Charlotte Flair do. You can still live in the States. You can compete on, on us soil for, for new Japan. You can also go over to Japan. The dude started what is now LIJ. In Japan, like he is the inspiration behind Tranquilo and what, uh, you know, what Tetsuya Naito does and all that. So getting, you know, and LIJ has kind of lost their way a little bit in New Japan from a storyline perspective. Evil left the group. They're not as prominent as they were. Naito, unsuccessful, tried, you know, couldn't beat Ibushi, uh, couldn't even win the Intercontinental Championship from Ibushi. And now it's been merged into the IZW or IZW, listen to me, IWGP. Now it's, it's the their world championship, and who better than the person that that basically passed on Tranquilo to Tetsuya Naito himself, Lasombra, to show up in New Japan and be a part of that. Plus, he can still continue to work some other places and, and get work that way as well. So, to me, even though he would live in the states and travel out there, so does Kenta and plenty of others. I would love to see New Japan as a landing spot for him. Mm-hmm. Here's what's interesting about this whole thing, Miranda. And, and if you believe the internet reports and, and this one, I don't know why anybody would lie about it. So supposedly he's not subject to a 90 day, no compete. Supposedly he's free to work anywhere now, which is kind of unheard of, but could be part of the terms of his release, which means when you're, when you're under a 90 day, no compete, you're still getting paid for that time frame. And so that tells me if he's willing to waive his 90 day, no compete clause, Either A, he just really wants to wrestle really, really bad, and so he doesn't want to wait 90 more days to do it, or he kind of already has something set up. Yeah. And maybe we'll see it soon. Maybe, you know, you mentioned Ring of Honor. They got a pay-per-view this weekend, so if you're going to show up there, they could sure use a shot in the arm, let me tell you, and that would be a hell of one, the 19th anniversary show, and, and would not mind seeing that whatsoever, so... Lots of options out there for, yes. uh, he, look, is Lasombra's probably what he's going to go by because he did trademark that himself. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be real hard for us to not call him Andrade, especially us American fans. But, yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, interesting information that, uh, you know, again, when you just look up trademarks and, and what happens with, with all of that, you can kind of see, you know, the wheels turning and people planning for their futures uh, when you're doing something as, as simple as as filing for a trademark. Now, you mentioned the, the no compete clause. That is something that's been circulating. And also with that, it has been somewhat of the influence of and speaking of power couples you know there's been a a lot of thoughts on how maybe charlotte flair helped broker this deal or helped uh you know possibly get this deal go through um i mean we we mentioned it during uh the baby face heel podcast as far as what what's 
in store for Charlotte. You know, right now she did come out on social media to say that she had contracted COVID and she's been out. She will plan to be out for some time. Um, but we already know some of the influence she already has. I mean, the the sway that she had enough in, in back in the draft a few years ago to get Andrade and, and Zelina shifted back. I think they were going on Raw, but moved back to SmackDown at the time. Uh, I mean, Boy, that they had some- to do like they had to get Andrade moved over. You had to move Zelina over. Then you had to move yeah. over Aleister Black. And then you had to move Cesaro and others to the other brand to make up for like so many moves came just because of Charlotte Flair. But exactly that. It's Charlotte Flair. I mean, carry that way, baby. If you have it, pull it, you know, and and it's very rare for a woman to have that kind of weight. Do you think that she did have something to do in brokering this deal or helping it actually come through? Because we talked about it. it is very rare for someone to ask for their release and to get it. Um, just because WWE, and for varied reasons, not all that we know, but sometimes it could be just that, you know, they do have plans for them. They want to keep them under contract so they don't go to another company uh, for, you know, whatever reason. A contract is a contract, but he was able to come out. And again, if, if we want to believe what's you know out there with a no compete clause, which is unheard of now especially with, you know, all of the variety of promotions out there. So do you believe she could have had, uh, she played a role in in this negotiation or in this plan? In a word, no. Um, In a few words, not at all. I honestly think it's the exact opposite. I think she stayed as far away from those conversations as possible. I think she's smart enough to realize you don't want none of those conversations, to, to quote AJ Styles' theme song, because it's just nothing good can come out of it. And plus she was gone with COVID and all that. I think the time frame that, that was more, they were trying to see if they could make it work and keep him, probably because of her, probably came to the table with some ideas and offered to bring him back. And probably mentally he was already like, nope, I don't want to do this. I want to go. He probably already said already has something lined up. And there he was going. The no compete clause, yes and no, it's amazing. I think the opportunity for to waive that no compete clause exists more than we think. And I just think talent doesn't take advantage of it because most likely they're not going to make the same money during that 90 days and that they would make if they waited. And plus for a lot of people, that 90 days represents time to, to work out, do whatever you want and get paid and not have to take the same toll on your body. Andrade may have just made the decision to say to waive that and thus also waive the pay that goes along with it. Remember, there was talk that they initially turned it down and and turned down his request to be released. That's why it was so surprising when it came out on Sunday that he was being released. So I don't know, but I don't think that LOL Charlotte wins had anything to do with it because she's got it too good. Like you just said, Mm -hmm. she's got it too good in WWE. And I think she's smart enough and, and, and we, you know, the influence of her dad and triple H to know, stay as far away from that as possible. Don't let it affect you in any way. Cause you're a big mega star. Yeah. Granted, I know she's trademarked her, her own name as well. And, 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 and who knows what could happen down the road, but yeah, I just don't think that, that it's uh, my gut instinct says she had nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. Well, and going back to the trademark, I think it's just more of a move of you trademark, what you can to protect yourself before yeah that gets taken that option gets taken away from you because once wwe has that trademark you can't get it back and so it's just a way to protect yourself and you know to have that option and also so nobody else takes it uh so no one else tries to to take a, a, 
on top of just the company that you work for, nobody else takes that trademark. Um, so I think the trademark thing absolutely makes sense. And again, you know, for, for uh, Andrade, you know, being able to carry on and go back to the name that he went prior to joining WWE is, is a very smart business move when you are in the business of yourself. You are the product. Um, so you have to do what you can to protect yourself. Um, I have a, an agreement in that as well. I feel like Yes, there have been moments, as we talked about with the you know draft from a few years ago, that some of that sway happened. But in something this monumental, and in someone who's been in the business as long as he has, I, he absolutely knew what I think he was was doing. I think it was also a, a sign of things that he went to social media and openly announced that he was looking to get out of his contract. That is also a sign that something was already in the works or something that the foundation had been already laid because that's something, again, that's somewhat rare. You, you We don't hear these things until a, a bit later on, um, at least directly from you know the, the person. So there's a lot of little signs here that things, you know, maybe this wasn't a complete surprise, you know, for, for fans, but that something had been in the works for quite some time and the negotiations probably had been happening for a while um, before they got to this point amicably. Yeah, I think so. And, and I'm sure it was amicable. And, and he's the kind of talent I could see back at some point too, to be all 100% honest with you, especially. Yeah. Due I mean, to the we, relationship we've with Charlotte seen it before. So Yeah, I mean, uh, at one point I thought, why don't you send him back to down to NXT? Because we've seen that happen and it can work very well for people. But maybe we've he also didn't want seen, it. Maybe he doesn't yeah, want that. Maybe, maybe he he's like, it, why, also, why go back? Yeah, at the same time, you know, we've seen it with some of the, the biggest stars. You're two... Not year two, but at least, you know, uh, two people in a program together, Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley are prime examples of people who left the company and came back and were better than than them when they left. Um, And so it's very much a sign. It is still also something that WWE still has to figure out what they want to do. And in particular... Um, this is also uh, an article that Pep Carrera has on LuchaCentral.com, just the mismanagement of Latino talent and, and luchadors with WWE, um, that they still struggle in figuring out the right type of stories and right airtime for them. Um, and they have a lot of products to do it in. They've really been highlighting um, Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo on main event, which is great, you know, and, and still doing it, but it's also main event. Um Legado de Fantasma is beautiful masterpiece, one of my favorites on NXT. And now with, you know, them being a pretty big without a faction, you know, not to, to rub salt in a wound, Undisputed Era, but this leaves the door open to have them be a very dominant faction. So yeah. there's signs of hope, but it, it is... Um, something that WWE struggled with. You talk about, you know, them having this very coveted Latino market, but they've had struggles with it. And the things that they've been successful with in mainstream popularity with Bad Bunny, they have not done a very good job with their own talent. Sorry. I was muted there. Um, Think about that for a minute and think about why. They had a really hard time booking black wrestlers for the longest period of time. MVP comes in as a producer and now has some influence and now the Hurt Business is doing the best work, right? Mm -hmm. Who there has the Latino background and influence backstage in WWE? I don't think there is anybody. No. 
And, and so you talk about the storytelling and the lack thereof for the Latino market. They don't have that person in the room. And, and they, you know, what coincided with the women's evolution was an influx of female writers backstage in WWE, some of whom aren't there anymore, and female trainers and female producers that, you know, were able to, to be a part of all that and have that influence. And I just don't know if we have that from the Latino perspective. Now, obviously, you got a Rey Mysterio there, but his focus is Dominic. Like, it's not the backstage influence that, that you think we would need. And so lacking that, I think, shows in the WWE product because – a lot of the way they use Latino wrestlers is very stereotypical still yeah. to this day. And, and that's just, that'll get you somewhat far, but it won't get you far enough. No, the herb business is not stereotypical. And here we have Bob Lashley as your WWE champion for someone like Andrade. You need that influence to say, no, no, we don't have to keep telling stories like this. They don't have to be luchadors with masks and pinatas and, and whatever. Like we go back to the days of the Mexicals. Like they just don't know what to do. And that's showing now. And I think that might be a bigger part of his influences. He didn't see it ever changing. And if you think you're good enough to be a world champion and you don't want to sit and wait for that opportunity in WWE, then go someplace where you think you can be world champion. I don't know where that is because it's, it seems like everybody kind of because because basically it's either WWE or some place where Kenny Omega holds the title. So it's really hard to or or Japan at this point because Kenny Omega is limited right now. Yeah, it is. But hopefully it works out and we see him somewhere because he's such a damn good performer. And that's why I was so negative about it in the beginning is because I didn't want him to have to go because I think it's no. just he's money and unfortunately it just didn't work out. I mean, WWE is a crowded space, so, you know, it, it's bound to happen. And you talk about the life cycle. But at the end of the day, you know, someone can go through. I mean, he's been through several life cycles. And after a while, if you feel like the writing's on the wall and you're tired of the cycles, you know, more more power to you. The wrestling world, you know, now has Andrade back and Asambra back. Um, 2021, you know, I mean, we talk about all the crazy things that happened in 2020. We could see 2021 kind of in the same light. Who knows? Uh, but it leaves very interesting uh, direction, very lots of what ifs and, you know, something that uh, hopefully makes him happy and hopefully ultimately wrestling fans happy. Greg, go ahead. We got to pay some bills. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. For our final topic tonight, I just really wanted to talk about something that happened last week on AEW Dynamite. For those of you who may have been living under a rock, Dynamite was main evented in a lights out match by Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. And the reason I wanted to talk about it for me personally is to give mad props uh, to both women in that match and to AEW for giving that spotlight. One of my biggest pet peeves with AEW for quite some time is the placement and the programming around the women's division. Um, It's something that they openly came out with when they first announced the company and saying they were going to do things different, that the women were going to get this mad level of attention that you know they were going to take women's wrestling seriously and it's been kind of a dud um there's you know some of it had been based off of you know challenges with signees people who originally they they were going to push left of course when COVID came uh, the influx of Japanese wrestlers that they were going to utilize or had been utilizing that all changed and really it's a very competitive market now I think that they did scoop up some women's talent that, you know, had been very underlooked and was unique. Um, say too with a Nyla Rose, with a big swole, uh, and with, you know, uh, Thunder Rosa. Um, but still, the fact that they lacked TV time, they didn't have multiple storylines, um, the championship picture was just very inconsistent, um, and it just felt like they weren't coming through on, on their end. And then you have this lights out match with Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa, which was really a payoff of a, of a rivalry, a program that had been building for months, really the longest feud that they've had in the company's history and being able to give it such an intense match. Now that's been something AEW has clearly stated that, you know, they weren't going to be big on injured under wrestling. And there were things that they knew though, that they wanted to do. And violence was one of them. We've already seen it before in multiple matches. And the fact that they finally crossed that bridge over to uh, the women's division and decided to allow that those two women to to really settle this feud in a violent way. Now it is not everyone's cup of tea. You know, violent matches is something that I think fans either love or hate. But the fact that one giving the women this option and the fact that they just performed so well in this manner, there was definitely some crazy moments. Uh, The utilization of thumbtacks, especially that you hardly ever see, especially on television, but in a women's match. I felt like both women performed very well. You can really get a sense of the storytelling, which again is my forte. 
You know, I don't mind if you have a, a bloody match, as long as it makes sense in the storytelling element. And you can really feel that in this match, how they built up to this point, how they got to this point of using tables and chairs and, and thumbtacks and all of the ladders, all of that. Um, and, you know, you think about that one lasting picture, you do see that picture of Britt Baker just blood all over her face, the comparisons that she's had between, you know, her and, you know, Becky Lynch and how that changed Becky Lynch's career, just breaking her nose like that. Sometimes violence is kind of a necessary way to help tell a story. And I feel like at the end of the day, women should have that right on how they want to tell that story. They should not be boxed into these things where, you know, a traditional match is great. Other types of stipulation matches are great, but sometimes you got to think outside of the box. And I feel like that's really what this evolution of women's wrestling is about, is being able to have the options to tell those stories that they find and figure out how they want to tell that story in the ring. And sometimes it's a bloody one, but I felt like it was executed well. I felt like it got the time that it needed and the revenants that the company had on it is great. Is there still a long ways to go? Absolutely. You know, there's still so much that they have to do in being able to tell multiple stories and they're not gonna be able to do this all the time. That's just one thing out of a year, over a year now, year and a half, really, uh, that they've been able to do. And that's because they put the right amount of attention to it. If they did that more with other programs in the women's division, then it, it would, you know, the result would be fairly different. But it was a match that I loved. Uh, of course, I'm a big fan of both women. I really did see, though, this being a highlight for Britt Baker. Even though that she lost, uh, I felt like at the end, she was the one who received more of the physical punishment. Um, and really, at the end of the day, it didn't really matter who won or lost. Um, that I don't feel like is what people are talking about. It's the performance in the ring. It's what they were able to do uh, with you know, all of the, the tools, all of the weapons in that match and did it in a way where, yeah, it was pretty bloody. And for some people it's gross, but they've earned that right to do it. And, and women should have the right to tell stories in the ring the way that they want to. Greg, yeah. real quick, I want to get your thoughts. If it's good enough for the men, it's good enough for the women at this point in wrestling. Like that's mm -hmm. just the way it is. And women have made event at WrestleMania. Women have done nearly everything in, in, in the sport that, that men have been able to do and should continue to have those opportunities. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go back on a lot of things that you said because they all make a lot of sense to me. A couple of my concerns, and these are just concerns because it's AEW, um, now what? Like, What are they going to mm -hmm. do next? Because yeah. that's what really matters. They did this. They got a ton of attention for it. Both women got a ton of attention for it. More so Britt Baker because of the blood, even though she lost. Yeah. And if anybody should be positioned to face... Karo Shida and maybe go over. It is Britt Baker, even though she yeah. lost. Maybe she won't be the first person to do so. But again, up until that point, and even after that point, the person who'd been positioned as the top woman of the company is Jade Cargill. And, 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 you know, over the past few months is that's who's had, you know, the bulk of the attention, especially on Dynamite. If we go back and, and, and continue to have the same issues that we normally have with the prevalence of women on Dynamite, this is for nothing. I mean, I remember a few weeks ago, a couple months ago, Akaru Ushida not only was on Dark, but she was on like the fourth match on Dark of an 18-match mm -hmm. show. Like she didn't even matter that she was on Dark. 
and and that's you know she's their champion that's a concern so they got to do something with it like you can't you just you know if you did this and that's great and it's over and done with and we don't hear about it you know like again i don't even do we even remember who won the the women's tag tournament there that they had like i know who won i know you knew who won what are they doing um, yeah, none. I mean, even even the way that they executed the Eliminator tournament, you know, like yeah. the fact that it was on everything but Dynamite, like it's just those mm-hmm. things that this match doesn't erase a lot of the miscues. No. It's a step in the no, right direction, but you're absolutely right. What is next? What do you do next to elevate it? I would love to see talk about that, you know, fucking brass ring Sonic the Hedgehog match you know, do something like that for the women, you know, do something in like, if it's good enough for the men, it's good enough for the women. Set that up and do it in a way that it is going to be on a pay-per-view. It's going to be on TV. Because I think that's the problem is that they've done things that are very exclusive for the women and it's been treated differently. It mm-hmm. doesn't get the same airtime. It's not even on the same channel, you know, yeah. and, and they're very experimental with it. And that leads for it to get lost in the mix. And I think if you want to experiment, experiment with some of your other divisions. Don't do it with the women's division that needs stability, that needs a good foundation. Once you have that, go ahead and experiment. But right now, you got to build it to something that's a lot more interesting and intriguing and consistent. Again, the primary driving force behind the men's division is Cody Rhodes. The primary driving force behind the tag team division is the Young Bucks. And the primary driving force behind the women's division is Kenny Omega. It's like we talked about with WWE before. It wasn't until a prominent African-American had some pull in WWE that the Hurt Business happened. And we don't have that prominent Latino influence backstage in WWE to give the Latino wrestlers something more than what's stereotypical and, and old at this point. The person running the women's division is a male wrestler who, outside of wrestling opponents from Japan, isn't even really as good as people think he is. Like, put a woman in charge of the women's division. Like, what are you afraid of at this point? Mm-hmm. Like, none of your EVPs are women. You got Brandy Rhodes as the chief branding officer, and she's off fleecing people through heels and doing nothing. Like, the women's division deserves better, not just yeah. in terms of airtime opportunity. They deserve better leadership. They deserve somebody better backstage campaigning for them because Kenny's just not the guy to do that. And no one's the guy to do that because it should be a yeah. woman doing it, it at this point. Mm-hmm. And that would make them progressive because WWE, while they have female writers and female agents, they don't have a female outside of Stephanie in a major creative position. And Stephanie doesn't really do that. She does more of branding. That would be huge if WWE or if AEW did that. Put a woman in charge of the women's division in a prominent role. Now we're talking. Like, yeah. listen, I know she loves Impact and I know she's still there or whatever and she's working backstage, but we got this crossover everything. Like, give Gail Kim your women's division, mm-hmm. right? She's probably available. She can work Wednesdays. She can still make the Impact tapings. Like, let her run with it and give her a segment or two per week on television, a segment in a promo, something. And I guarantee you it'll be better. It'll be better than what it is. Yeah. If we don't follow this up, this is going to be for nothing, just like everything else they did. And that would suck if what we saw last Wednesday ended up being for nothing. Those were, yeah, exactly. Because they don't deserve it. And that women's division doesn't deserve it. And there's a lot of great up and coming talent there. They have something unique. They just don't have the, the direction. And you're right. There's some type of lack of leadership there, but really in a sense of direction, they get lost in the shuffle. And you now, I mean, they have dark, they have elevate, they have all of these opportunities to help build it up. 
But at the same time, if you don't have these plans to, you know, what does that mean in the big picture, it's going to be for nothing, you know, so continue that path, continue to have it mean something, build your stories. That's really what it's, it's about, build your characters, have things do have things happen in which you care about them. I feel like that too, is where a big disconnect and I think that's also what happened so well in this match. You cared about what they were doing in this ring to each other, to themselves. And this was after some months of brutality and back and forth between the two on social media, in matches, all of it. Like, do that. Do it again and again. You know, not in that same ending, but just continue to do things that make people care because they do it all the time. And, and there are other divisions. And, and you're right, some of it, does go back to who's leading it but they have the opportunity and, and that is one thing I mean if you say out of all the things you say that you have importance of and what is important to wrestling fans and if you're a company that values what wrestling fans you know value women's wrestling needs to be a priority exactly 100% needs to be because for everyone who's who says they're touting women's wrestling or whatever there's still people who look at it as girls wrestling and yeah. you got to overcome that. And how you overcome that is by this. Because it shouldn't take tables, ladders, chairs, and thumbtacks either. Like, that's the thing. They no. shouldn't have had to do that to get this attention. But that's where AEW put them. The only way for this match to get the attention it deserved was to do something crazy. And that shouldn't be necessary. It's done. It's over with. We can't go back in time. Mm -hmm. Follow up so it doesn't always have to be that way. Exactly. is my biggest thing and and all they can do is show us and this airs on thursday so obviously we'll know at least if they did anything on the follow-up dynamite i hope they do i really do as yeah, much as i, I rail hope, on i AEW, hope they do because they if do they something. don't then we'll be back here next week and i'm going to be throwing a fit that they don't follow up especially the way that it ended if it's not even acknowledged which i'd like to be cautiously optimistic that it's yeah. acknowledged that there's something next that happens um, for both of them. especially again whether it's just with thunder rosa and or, or Britt baker something that leads to whatever the next step is follow follow up with that but if it doesn't even get acknowledged i'm gonna throw something i'll throw it hopefully As you should somehow get lands its way to Jacksonville because you know that it, it shouldn't be that it shouldn't be yes we finally got that acknowledgement now we can move on it's no what are you going to do next and I absolutely agree with what you said if it's good enough for the men it's good enough for the women and that's where I think the next step is what other matches have you done in you know your men's divisions that you can replicate something like money in the bank or the women's royal rumble were huge huge milestones for wwe but it was very significant that showed you know this evolution in women's wrestling that is one of the simplest things that aew can do to say you know what we're going to replicate something that we've already done for the men and and do it in a way that shows reverence and importance to the women. Um, it's harder because I know AEW doesn't have that legacy and story yet, but, but it's something it. that they don't have to keep. They can create. Well, yeah, they build it, right and they now. just again what they've been trying to do with some of these unique things haven't worked because they've done it on everything else except television. <laughs> um, and and so it's just like I understand what they want to do with some of these unique tournaments. But that's still not sticking. If you no. want to kind of do something that seems simple but also effective, I think the next thing is kind of that evolution of whatever that, you know, ladder match is. Uh, I, I think because that's something they've consistently done enough times where you expect it 
do something similar for the women. I also, there, it's even more simple than that. And I do think everything you said is important that they need to do. But here's the thing. Outside of like a one-off, typically when somebody wins an opportunity in AEW, they then lose in that opportunity. We talked about it. Uh, the whole brass ring thing, right? Scorpio's guy lost his title shot. And, and they, you know, the entire women's tournament took place for someone to challenge a car Oshida. That person lost to a car Oshida. Mm-hmm. Brian Cage made his debut winning one of those battle Royals. He lost in his title shot. Like all these people win things and then lose at their opportunity. The best thing they can do coming out of this is for Thunder Rosa to win the AEW women's championship. Cause then that would show that this mattered. If she then turns around and, and gets a shot at Hikaru Shida and loses, what was it for? Like, and, 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 and maybe Hikaru Shida's a better champion. Who knows? But whatever. At this point, the way they've booked it, the best thing you can do to make that match matter is to have Thunder Rosa go on to something even bigger, and that's the AEW Women's Championship. If that happens, that shows that that match mattered more than just the match itself. And then, because the thing about AEW is the more you do these things, these gimmicks to get, let people earn opportunities, the less we're going to believe in them when they never win. Yeah. If if the Royal yeah. Rumble winner never went on to win a world title, we wouldn't care about the yeah. Royal Rumble. Same with well, Money in the Bank. Yeah, one of, yeah, Money in the Bank. That's what I've been com- kind of complaining about, too, is, is yeah, who, who can win um, or, or who wins those opportunities. But you're absolutely right. It's not only just the actual gimmick match. It's having them win. Right, um, what and, they do with it. having them. that win mean something, actually moving up that ladder, you know, and, and moving up in their career. So, you know, it's it's simple, but for some reason it seems very complicated for, for them to do or just haven't quite accomplished yet. But again, that's what you did. You went out publicly and announced all these things, and we're going to continue to hold you to it just because, someone's got you know, it. someone's got to hold you accountable. That's right. And myself, Ryan Morales, Greg DeMarco, we're here to continue to do that. Whether you like it so, or not. Watch out. Mm-hmm. Yes. So... That is it for this week's edition of the Hashtag Miranda Show. Don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find Greg at ChairShotGreg on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can find me, Miranda Morales, on Instagram and Facebook at the Hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out. And I'm not on Twitter, but sometimes I'm on Twitter at ChairShotMedia. You can also follow the ChairShot on Instagram and Facebook at ChairShotMedia. But follow us on social media. Go ahead and check out all the cool things that we talked about, um, including the ChairShot.com, your source for wrestling news, analysis, and opinions, wrestling, sports, entertainment, and sports entertainment. All of those things you can find at TheChairShot.com. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Sorry. My bad. I got trigger happy. No, you're not. Sorry. I'm not. <laughs> I was going to say, including the the podcast that we mentioned today, uh, the Babyface Heel podcast, the Lucha Central Weekly podcast, this podcast, so many podcasts on the ChairShot Radio Network, uh, the Hardy Wrestling Podcast with Stephanie Hardy. Uh, we just we just plug so much so much stuff uh, because we love and support all of them. At least I do. I think Greg's cool with it. I don't know. Of course. He produces all of them. So, like, yeah. Uh, he has to like them. Um, but, I don't have to like him to uh, produce them, but I, it, it's not. it makes it a lot easier that I like them. Uh, well, go ahead. Follow us on social media. Visit thechairshot.com. All of the best stuff. 
go ahead and do. Thank you so much for listening and hopefully watching. Fingers crossed. Uh, pretty sure this will be fine. Uh, watching this week's edition of the Hashtag Miranda Show. We will be back. So don't you worry your pretty little faces off. We got you covered. Myself and Greg DeMarco. We always got your back. So make sure uh, to also check out ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. All of the stuff. We've already talked about it. But we have. Still just want to remind you. Uh, so for Greg DeMarco, I'm Miranda Morales. Don't forget, always keep it soft style. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.